This is episode 21 of the Inner Game of Aging podcast. Welcome to the Inner Game of Aging podcast, helping you to discover how to be older without growing old. And here's your host, turning this whole idea of aging upside down, Lee Mowat. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Inner Game of Aging podcast. Social scientists try to mark out the defining characteristics of each of the generations that are currently existing today. But there isn't a lot of information on how millennials view aging and the older people around them. If today's guest is any indication, there is a lot to be hopeful for. But in my experience, Brett Roger Gebby, a 32-year-old millennial, stands apart from his peers in his sensitivity to the moral issues of our day, including how we as a culture treat our elders. Brett is the host of a podcast titled Inspect Your Elders. An odd name, but in this podcast, he chats with those having many more years of experience than he has to find out <clears throat> the thoughts and events that have shaped their lives. I've listened to several episodes of this podcast, and I have been impressed not just by what he is trying to do, but also by his openness of thought, his tolerance for difference, and in his seeking for inner knowledge. Rarely does a 32-year-old impress me as much as Brett has. I am still uncertain as to whether or not Brett is representative of others of his age. My current feeling is he is not. To my mind, he stands somewhat unique, but I would like you to be the judge. The following chat tries to expose a thinking that could truly influence the younger members of our culture. The topics we talk about in the following discussion run across a rather broad spectrum. We talk about the difference in our thinking due to age. We challenge what we both believe in and why the country seems so divided these days. We ask how we each feel about aging and several aspects about his own podcast. Now, I must apologize for the audio on Brett's side of the conversation. You'll hear a few clicks and pops, but what this young man has to say is much more important than those noise anomalies. After listening, I would like you to be the judge on whether Brett's thinking is or is not representative for millennials on a broader basis. You can leave your opinions and feedback on the show notes page for this episode. And of course, the URL for the show notes page is innergameofaging.com forward slash IGA21. And while you are there on the show notes page, you can subscribe for updates from the website itself which will allow you not just to keep up to date with what's happening inside the inner game of aging, but will allow you to participate and get involved in how we spread the message of grow older, not old. 
So with all that, let's get to today's discussion. Okay, you are Brett Roger Gibby. Is that that is me. Correct. Okay. Um I've been listening to your podcast. Your podcast is called Inspect Your Elders. And I'm going to encourage my listeners to take in a few of these episodes because it's quite interesting. I may actually represent I mean recommend an episode or two that I found quite intriguing. But um how did you start this? Tell me about your podcast, the whole project, Inspect Your Elders, is called. Um, actually, one day while I was at work, I actually work at a children's hospital in, uh, in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, my hometown, mm-hmm. uh, where, I'm, where I'm talking to you from. Um, and uh, d- during a particularly slow day at work, um, I had I sat down with one of the janitors. I try to make friends with everyone. Um, just I love hearing people's stories and and just kind of probing people's minds. Uh, but uh, so I was talking to one of the janitors and he was in his uh, late sixties, early seventies. Um, so, you know, I guess, I guess I would, con- that would constitute an elder, at least from my perspective at the age of 32. That's right. Um, you are, I forgot to mention to my audience, how old are you? 32 years. Old. You are a baby. I'm, I'm- <laughs> Fresh out the womb. <laughs> Essentially. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So I guess, you know, age is a matter of perspective. Yes, I mean, it is. A, a teenagers mock me for my for, for being old and you're calling me a baby. So, uh, <laughs> but anyways, I sat down with him and uh, he opened up to me about this incredible life story that he, uh, that he had. And, and, he, and, and he just you know, pulled no punches, gave me this really intimate peek into all of his experiences he's had and he's a uh he's a, a black guy from birmingham alabama that had uh lived through um a lot of the uh you know a lot of the racial tensions and that and birmingham was kind of an epicenter for uh where things kind of boiled over on a number of occasions as i'm sure you're aware yes um and he told me about living through those experiences and, and what that kind of poverty was and you know how racism is still very prevalent, and but it's morphed in ways. And he kind of showed me the ways he's perceived that, and then his journey from going to uh, moving to California to kind of escape the the Jim Crow South, and then getting drafted into Vietnam, his times in the war, coming back to being a truck driver. Actually, and I did have him on on my show. His name's Leonard. Um, I so, heard that podcast. I heard that podcast. Yeah, so. um, he definitely. And didn't give me as, you know, intimate or I guess we'll say uh, portrait of what he'd experienced on the podcast, understandably, because that's being recorded. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But as I was listening to him talk, um, I just, it kind of dawned on me that, you know, these stories from everyday people and their perspectives and, and what they've seen and, and, and that little sliver of the, of, a, of the human experience, you know, that needs to be those stories need to be told in a meaningful way. And, you know, and th- those stories can be of great value to people like me that are, that are younger um, because it helps us learn about more about the world, more about our past as uh, people, as human beings. Yes. Um, and, and that can, I think I just, if, you know, and I'm definitely not where I want to be in terms of my interviewing skills, but if I can extract those stories and put them into some sort of a meaningful context, which I do attempt to do, um, I just think there's a lot of 
you know, the stories are fascinating and the lessons are, are yeah, immensely so I, valuable. I've, I've listened to a good number of your podcasts at this point in time, and I am always impressed with how deeply you try to dig. Sometimes it does get uncomfortable, but you try to get, you know, to uncover the rawness of each story that is represented on the podcast. And I'm always so impressed with that because you do a fairly good job of trying to get people to talk about that, which is meaningful. Now, this particular friend of yours, Leonard, I listened to that episode and it was a fairly intense conversation on race relations. And I appreciated that so much, especially you. For, we'll have a picture of you in my show notes page for this episode okay. so everyone can see how white you are. <laughs> Very. I'm from Minnesota. We don't get much sun up here. I'm pretty Caucasian. <laughs> but, you know, that's not the reason why I'm talking to you. You know, um, I, you know, my own thoughts on race relations tends to stay a bit closer to the vest, but that's not a, I, I freely expose them, but they're not out there for the public to air and, find things wrong with and all the rest of that stuff. <laughs> and so um, I'm not private about it, but you know, after all, I live where I live in New Hampshire and I've enjoyed living in New Hampshire and I have no complaints about living in the environment that I do. It's given me quite a bit. You know, my own personality, I love people, Britt. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you love people the way I do, you tend to find ways of getting along with all, everyone. And, you know, know, like you, I've listened to your podcasts, you tend to dig into these stories in a way that reveals things. For example, one episode you had, I believe, I forget the name of your guest, but they were very much into spirituality and its concerns. And you were asking some very, very deep and relevant questions. Was that that, the grandma grandma sis episodes? Yes, I believe it was. I believe it was. Yes. And you've had some fascinating people. But then we stop and think about this. At this age, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, many people are automatically fascinating simply because of their experiences. I couldn't agree more. So what started you trying to collect all these stories? Yes, I know Leonard told you an interesting story, but that doesn't mean that you're going to collect everything like this. Um, I would say that or like, my mo- like my motivations behind, you know, pursuing more people and finding their stories is it's, it's, it's in one part benevolent, one part selfish. Um, the benevolent part being I want to share stories of, older people and some of the exceptional things that they've been through and, and their perspectives and how their perspectives have changed and maybe shedding, maybe helping there be lessons for other people and points of interest for other people. But selfishly, I pursue it because um, there's so much about the world and so much about myself that I don't understand that I think to gain wisdom from people that are older than me, is an essential part to deepen my understanding of those things. Um, and so I guess there are some, you know, in truth, some of them, my motivations are selfish. They're, I, I'm just, you know, I want to, I want to open my own, my own eyes. To, but to this, more. this, this is so, in my view, this is so unusual for a 32 year old. I meet a lot of people young and old and the, this perspective coming from, 
a 32-year-old is truly fascinating to me, which is why I have you on the show. I would like my audience to hear this perspective. Perhaps send them to your podcast to truly hear what I have heard from you. And to see that this is coming from a 32-year-old, I'm still finding it fascinating. Your your other people your age, do you find them to be intrigued in the um, same I, way? Few, but I think the number of people that are thinking in this way is increasing um, with each successive generation. I think as access to information uh, increases and um, as we think, see things like social media um, and other forms of technology bringing human beings closer together and they're becoming con- the, the sort of human consciousness is uh, kind of expanding and or becoming more interconnected. And I think that's awakening people to as we're exposed to so much more and such, 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 uh, so much more variety that mm. it's causing people to, you know, kind of wake up and realize how expansive this thing called the human experience is. Yeah. Um, so yes. do I, I, I guess I couldn't put a percentage on it, but I think there's a relatively low percent of people. And I don't think it makes me better or worse than anyone else to think in this way. Um, but but I, I think it can be helpful to spend some time thinking in this way, just to, I think, you know, it'll make you less bigoted, uh, more intelligent, yes. uh, yes, uh, I, a little bit slower would, and, and deeper in your, th- in your thought. I would most certainly agree. The, uh, the questions I've seen on your show being explored, some of them can be very produ- provocative. The, to hear you talk to your elders in this way, to try and extract their value, you say that the percentage may be low, but it's increasing of people who feel as you do toward their elders in your age group. And like my own perspective, and again, I have a very different perspective than you do from I'm 66, you're mm-hmm. 32, so my view is going to be different. I find that you know people your age respect their elders, but don't necessarily value their their elders yeah and often i think that 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 respect is like a a form of coddling and it's like dismissive you know just it's like i'm going to write you off i'm going to as kind of like oh you're just a sweet old lady or just or grandpa's kind of crazy like oh crazy grandpa you know yeah (laughs) but really that is a human being that has lived a full spectrum of life experiences that you can glean a lot from and they have a personality they're not just sweet granny or you know crazy grandpa or whatever you want to say like that's not uh-huh. it's, you know that's and then just like kind of you know kind of packaging them in that way and dismissing them that to me that's that's deeply disrespectful and deeply yes. detrimental to our culture I, I couldn't agree more. You know, like I, I run around the world or the country, and I typically have people guess my age. As soon as they understand that I'm as old as I am. One, they are surprised, but you can see them try to put me in their image of what a 66-year-old is like when they fail, when they're not able to, you know, homogenize their view of a 66-year-old and me, you can see the struggle they have inside. It's, I'm, I often have a lot of fun violating people's image of what a 66-year-old is like. 
because they've pegged them, they've mm-hmm. categorized them, they've stereotyped them, and a 66-year-old acts this way, should, be, should look something like this, and should be doing these kinds of things, which at, at this age, you know, like, we're all so different. We're all, you know, you know, people who are older are so much more different in their perspectives than they were generations ago. And it's hard for us to truly pin down what a 66-year-old or a 70-year-old or an 80-year-old is like. So it stands reason that it's time to learn about these things mm-hmm. rather than tell, rather than them, we tell them what it's like. It's time that we should listen to what it's like. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. We're both fighting, so, both fighting ageism on, in different ways. Uh, we spoke before about our approach to ageism, your approach and my approach, and I most certainly agree with you. I'm just, but I'm still so fascinated that you're doing this at such a young age. Can you tell me of how many episodes you have out on your podcast now? Uh, I just one is not available um, for reasons uh i just i got things got a little complicated with a guest he was a great guest a great guy and wished him nothing the, the best so there's one missing that's episode four i decided not to make a new episode four so there's a it skips from three mm-hmm. to five i think i think uh-huh. it's three to five. maybe it's five that's missing um okay. i think i just put up my 16th episode uh and two of them one's an intro show and one's like a little from last Christmas, Merry Christmas okay. with my grandma and grandpa. But so I think I've had 14 guests and a couple of recurring guests. Now, do you have any criteria for your guests? Or is, can, can, is it just age and that's it? Is there any other criteria you uh, use? Well, a combination of age and willingness to, and, and an openness to, to discuss. I, I, I let people know that when I have them on my show, it's not to ask them about, you know, how is your favorite sports team doing or, you know, like just, it's yeah. not, I, I'm, it's not lighthearted. I let them know. Yeah. I mean, it can get lighthearted. And it's funny. And essentially I, I, I expect openness from them. I, yes. That's not right for, for some people. It's not right for many people. And I respect that. I mean, I'm, but I, I expect them to come to the table ready to discuss things that are, you know, near and dear and things that are personal. Mm-hmm. And um, like I'm going straight for re- things like religion, race, you know, politics, because mm-hmm. I think the, you know, those are like hearing the, those are things that are very fundamental and core to the human experience. And that's what I want to tap into. That's yes. that deep rooted, you know, understanding that comes with age of the most complex things we face as human beings. Those are the things I want to know about. Those are the things I want to tap. That Those are things of substance to me. Yes. Um, yes. That's not now, what is yeah yeah sorry what, what is cu- what is curious to me and I'm going to be looking at this over my next couple of episodes of this podcast where I will have older people people much older than me or significantly mm-hmm. older than me talk about their life experiences and how their thoughts have changed when I talk to older people what what I'm most curious in is how their thinking has changed on particular topics for example family. What were your thoughts on family when you're 30, when you're 50, when you're 60? And, yeah, and, you know, money, success. You know, how has your thoughts traveled over the course of your lifetime? And so, um, so I'm asking them specific questions about events in their life. 
you allow your guests to talk about anything they want to. And that's, um, that's interesting as well. Uh, you know, like I try and confine them to these types mm-hmm. of, you know, how their thinking has changed and their experiences that they relate, relate to these kinds of things. But the topics that come up on your podcast are so broad. Yeah, I'm attempting to go with the approach that I let people speak about things that matter to them or that are relevant to them. And then in, in, in the course of that discussion, um, I'm able to kind of tap into their motivations or I attempt to tap into mm-hmm. their motivations and, and beliefs and, thought, and the structure of their thought. Um, and then um, kind of go from there. So like if, okay. if you're passionate about baseball, I can talk to you about baseball and kind of, you know, we touch, find some mutual grounds, mutual understanding. And then we can kind of like continue to broaden and go deeper from there. Yeah. And I can maybe understand some of like, you know, why are you so passionate about baseball? Where did that come from? You know, did, mm-hmm. what do you, you know, like that sort of thing. Like that. It's, it's and like I said, I am, I am by no means a master of that. I call myself a novice. I, I find my, I listen to my shows whenever I do them. And sometimes I'm like, Oh, I missed a great question there. Uh, totally. There's a tangent that I should have gone down. That would have been fascinating, but no. Yes. I do the same. I mean, like I am not, I'm not the level of interview that I would like to be. Um, I aspire to be better, to be more. And we, we all are pushing for more of ourselves to show than Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can see you, you do as well. Now, with all the guests that you have, the 17 or so guests that you've had, is there anything in common amongst all of them that you can pick out? What, um, for example, if you can talk about what a 70-year-old is like after interviewing all the people you have, what might you say about what a 70-year-old is like? The, the, I guess the one thing that's surprised me the most that it has been, and like I said, I have a small sample size of people so yep. this could be fairly anecdotal but is their views on religion are much more flexible and open-minded and more emphasize more oriented towards spirituality rather than strict religious doctrine um i guess i always like perceived older people as being more their views on religion as being very strict uh very indoctrinated very uh very you know very structured around us uh, what a certain mm-hmm. faith tells you what you should be and shouldn't be and what rules you should sh- should or should not follow. But I'm finding that their views have become as from the small sample size that I've talked to, you know, um, have, mm. their views have become more flexible, um, and less intractable, more, um, more spiritually oriented rather than, you know, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I consider, I hear that statement I look at myself and the people around me and the statement fits, right? You know, like I follow no particular dogma, but I consider myself extremely spiritual without imposing on anyone else's spirituality. Whatever you believe, as long as it works for you, as long as you benefit, find peace from it, as long as it makes you a better person, I'm in tune with it. And I may try to talk with you about my brand of spirituality, but that does not invalidate your brand of spirituality by any means. 
And I find that the older a person get, and again, I can't speak for any, anybody. You've spoken to a number of people. Mm-hmm. I am 66. I speak to other people my age and older. But I, it just seems to me that the older a person gets, the more he understands human differences. It takes some human experience to truly understand that we are different and we are the same. I like to say that our similarities help us like each other and our differences help us learn from each other. I gave an example the other day of why our differences strengthen us because I was in a conversation where it was suggested that differences divide and I say they most certainly can when they are not respected. But as a manager in business, if I'm in a room where everybody is agreeing with me, then I'm in the wrong room. Yes. The, you know, because it's difference of opinion that makes things stronger. If we handle our differences correct, correctly, we become stronger because of those differences, not weaker. So our similarities allowed us to get together and our differences allowed us to become stronger in that union for whatever purpose we are there for. And so that's the way I've seen it. You know, like I thought that was unique to me seeing it that way, but you're saying it's not, you know, and I'm appreciative of that. Yeah. And And I, and I, I mean, to me, that's, that's uh, something that makes me optimistic and happy that, you know, that human beings um, as they become older and, you know, presumably wiser, have a deeper understanding and a, and a more compassionate outlook, or at least, like you said, uh, like you kind of have, I've listened to you know, a number of your shows as well. So, you know, people, there's certain people that enter aging with a growth mindset and then people that enter aging with a regressive mindset. I would probably suggest that it would be likely that those that enter aging with a growth mindset will reach the place that you've kind of described. And some of the people that I've talked to have, have gotten to, I think that if maybe if you enter aging with a regressive mindset, your, your views might become even more closed off and intractable and, and, and quite possible and, and walled in. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 and I think it's, it's beautiful to see the evolution of a human being over the course of that. Yes, exactly. How do you feel personally about Brit getting older? How does, I, what do you, how do you feel I, about I, being I 70? Like I like it. Um, and I, I'm starting to reach the age now, you know, technically aging, I think starts late twenties. I mean, like technically you don't really probably notice it at all. Yeah. yeah. You know, you stop growing, you start aging. Um, mm-hmm. I know I, I, I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm starting to notice like very small niggling aches and pains that I maybe didn't have two years ago, but it's <laughs> like, it's nothing. It's, you know, it's nothing yet, but, uh, I try to take oh, care just of, way to get to be my yeah, age. <laughs> I think I try to take care of myself, uh, you know, lifting weights, doing yoga. Yoga is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I, I, I like, like it. To, I like to run, but I don't know how long my knees are going to enjoy that cycling. Um, but I, I'm starting to notice, like what you said, there's there's people already at this age, you know, early 30s, that have kind of let that decay, mental decay, and just – Accept begrudging acceptance of their decline, mm-hmm. and it's already started to really manifest itself in the way they behave. And then I see a lot of other people that are like, you know, each that are taking aging in a much more positive way, or taking getting older in a much more positive way. Like, there's 
I, I don't want to be 22, 10 years ago. I don't want to go back to the guy that 10 years ago. I, exactly. I'm not perfect now. I need exactly. imagination, but I'm a hell of a lot better of a person, human being than I was 10 years ago. Oh, you you hit it on the head. And I hope I, I hope I'm 42, 52, 62, if I'm lucky to live, continue to stay on this earth, that, I'm gonna, that growth pattern is going to continue. And I, I'm happy to think of myself as a, as a better, more evolved person down the line. So I, I – and I, I treat it as I, it's something to be, you know, excited about because what, what makes us special is not our. I mean, is what makes us special is not necessarily our, our physical physicality. Like a silver, silver right. gorillas are stronger. Cheetahs are fat, faster. Mm-hmm. You know, birds can fly and fish can swim faster than we can. But what makes us unique is our brains and our minds and our consciousness. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's right. So really, it's the strongest part of me will only get better. Yeah, the weaker elements of right. might start to t- deteriorate, but the strongest, so, and, and I don't know, that's, it's going to be, it's, that's interesting. That's such an interesting perspective coming from a person your age. I agree with it 100%. As you probably know, I tend to do a lot of strength demonstrations and showing off my body at 66, et cetera, et cetera, and the capabilities that I can do. But this is nothing, Brett. This is, this is like, uh, you know, tricks that that really mean nothing to me. I shouldn't say they mean nothing to me because I do enjoy my fitness and the health that I have. They allow me to be me. But being me is what's important. It's what I think, how I see the world, how I can influence other people, how I can inspire other people to be more of what they want to be. That is so much more important to me than my ability, my athletic abilities. Yeah. And sometimes I use my athletic abilities just to interest others in my message. Well, so it's become like a tool. I can't do a handstand. Maybe that'll be my goal. <laughs> You said you're 66, but I'm 66. I'm going to be doing handstands. You, you've inspired me. I got to get to work on that. Well, step up my upper body Well, I am claiming that I am too young to be a legend. I'm only 66. I want to be doing what I'm doing at 75, and then I can start to claim some legend status. Yeah, maybe. Don't, hold hold yeah, up, young so. man. You're not a legend yet. You're on your way. Though. Yeah, exactly. That'll be a tale I'll tell when I'm, when I'm older. Let me sit you down and tell you the, ta- the legend of Oli Moat. I'll embellish it too. I'll, funny. You know, I'll make it. You ran out of a burning building and all make... kinds of stuff. I'll, I'll talk. I'll, I'll tell all that for you. Make sure, make sure all the women I've saved are pretty, yeah? Yeah, they're all going to be gorgeous. Remember that time when I saved a busload of supermodels, carried them out of the fire one by one? I don't, That's right. right, right. <laughs> you know, Paul Bunyan has nothing on me in terms of legends. Right. Yeah, <laughs> But, you know, like, in, in, in your own aging, has talking to the people you've spoken to, have, have you felt more... Comfortable about the fact that Brett is aging, or less comfortable more. that Brett feel, is aging? I, I never, I never wrestled with it in the way that I think some do. But I feel it's, it's cool. It's, it's a cool thing. And you can't do it. And you, know what? Mm-hmm. you can't do anything about it. I can sit, I can sit here and be <laughs> as pissed off as I wanted that I, that I'm getting older by the second. But I can't. It ain't gonna change. So you, you know, make it, make the most of it. Enjoy, enjoy it. Now you just hit a, you just hit an important point because. One of the things that seem to be increasing with age, as far as I can tell from looking around me and doing the interviews I have, is acceptance. 
Now, when I say acceptance, acceptance both inside and out, we look at our aging bodies and we accept our aging bodies so much more than we thought we would. You know, when we're 30 and all beautiful and everything like that, we don't want wrinkles and we want to be strong, et cetera, et cetera. We are now 70 years old and we have wrinkles and we're not as strong as we used to be and we have some failing eyesight. But the acceptance of this still brings a peace. It's still, it, we still are able to do what we truly want to do. You know, we can't, we're not in line for those Olympic gold medals anymore, but that doesn't matter. The acceptance of what's happening to us physically, what's happening to us mentally and spiritually, there's a, an acceptance here, and we, glee, and we move toward the mental and spiritual. These sides are getting stronger. The more years that pass, Brett, the more you will know who Brett is. And that is truly oh, powerful. Oh, sure. I, that, that's, really well, that's really well said. Um, because I'm discovering and making peace with myself and being happier about who I am more and more as I get older. And to hear you, a man who's 30 years down the line, saying that process will only continue and expand – See that that's 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 exciting for me because I I'll learn more about you know the path of self discovery yep. is a, is, a, is a fascinating one. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and I sort of we sort of suggest to ourselves that the physical side of us are declining, but that decline is nowhere near as rapid as our environment has led us to believe. You know, like. Most of the decline that we see in our compatriots at this age, at my age, is not coming from the aging process, but coming from our environment and our thoughts on aging, how we feel about aging. We tend to slow ourselves down because of a number rather than because of a desire. And and so, you know, like if you look to gain new skills at the age of 55, there is nothing stopping you from doing that. Yeah, and the amount of decline in your body from 30 to 55, there is not. This is this is not the limitation. The limitation is more in your heart and mind than what you think you are. What you, what you think 50 or 60 is that is the stronger limitation. Do you think some of that has to do with so, the fact that human beings only fairly recently started living as long as we do? You know, I, I want, not so long ago. I would be kind of a middle-aged, older guy. Um, do you think That's maybe right. our culture has been slow to catch up to our vastly increased uh, age expectancy? Is that part of it, do you think? That's, that's an interesting question, Brett. The, I believe that many aspects of our culture has not yet caught up to our lifespan. You know, certainly some of our social structures like Social Security and the medical industry – and other things, you know, have not caught up to the fact that we are living as long as we are. And, um, and our, even our stereotypes haven't caught up to how we're living up as long as we are. You know, if you look at all the age-related humor, my last episode was about age-related humor, and it, most of the age-related humor centers around two things, our forgetfulness and our aging bodies. You know, um, we seem to focus on the fact that our forgetter is getting better as we age. 
<laughs> and and when we and when that's the thing we focus on, guess what? Our forgetter ends up getting better as we yeah. age because that's what we're focused yeah. on. And so if we're focused on just living life in a truly engaged manner, if we're focused on doing good in the world, the decline slows down so much, almost to an unnoticeable event. In some ways, I'm physically better now than I, than I was 15 years ago. When I look at my pictures of my handstands, for example, they are so much better now than they were 10 years ago. And... Of course, I practice, I work out quite a bit, but my age isn't my barrier. That's, it's my heart and mind that are much more of my barrier. Yeah. Um, and if I let my age be my barrier, guess what? It would be. Yeah, you set your mind's intention. <laughs> so, exactly, exactly. But that's not, many people do not believe that. And, you know, it's still sort of, wishy-washy to them. How does you, you know, you want me to think myself young? Well, I can't quite say think yourself young, but the only thing that makes you old is you. That's the only thing that makes have you, you con- old. Have you no changed anyone's core beliefs on that? Have you converted anyone to under, to accept and, and embrace your, your way of living? Um, the short answer to that is no, but that's a complicated mm-hmm. no. See, People come to this message from a wide variety of levels. And those people who firmly believe that this is not the case will not be changed by it, by my message. But there are those who are unsure. There are those who have suspected this, that we are still young at 70 and 80. There are those also who wish this to be true. And those people have been touched by this message. So I could, get, I could say a no to that message, but I can also say yes, because those people who didn't, weren't so oriented in older versus old have now become so after hearing the message. We've gotten many good ideas from others, both you and I, throughout our lives. And I'm hoping that this is one of the ideas that will spread yeah, you know, around it's already starting to spread. There's interest in growing older, not old, and understanding that we are the ones who make ourselves old, not yeah, you know, not anything else. And I've spoken to ninety year olds that I could not claim were was old at that point in time. Yeah, you know, they were engaged with life. They loved people. They were out every day. They had their aches and pains. You know, it hurt one one fellow I shook hands with. He said, "Oh, it hurts every time I shake a hand." You know, <laughs> but he was truly engaged with everything around him and volunteering here and there and giving as much as he could at his tender age of eighty nine, and so. And the stories that came from him, he was very much willing to share. And so, you know, like, for him, when he heard the message of growing older, not old, he just simply said, I never heard it put that way. That sounds so fascinating. You know, um, and so, but if you already believe that you are fixed, then you're not going to take in this message. People come into two groups, before, um, as you said before, the um, there are those who think that you are what you are, and there's nothing you can do about it, and those people who think that whatever you are, you can always get better if that's what you want. 
I belong to the second group. And so um, I'm reminded of an old joke I used to say. There are two groups of people in this world, those who recognize that there are two groups and those who do not. I belong to the group that does not recognize there are two groups. (laughs) (laughs) Put your your head on that one. (laughs) Yes. So So now um, the one second. Now you have. Again, you've had it about 17 or so, 16, 15, mm-hmm. whatever yep. the number it is. What do they concern themselves with? You know, like, is there something common that they concern? Like, how people get along, religion, um, politics, sports. What do they concern themselves with? Some of them. That, that I, find, I, I find, find has varied. Um, okay. Some just with... You know, they want peace and quiet and they want to read or golf or, or tra- maybe travel. Maybe, the, you know, we call them snowbirds here in Minnesota. They, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fly down to Arizona or Florida for the, for the winter. Maybe they just want a little peace and quiet and get out of the, get out of the frigid winter, Minnesota winters. Or some people are really active in terms of, you know, the la- my last guest, uh, Nancy, she's incredibly politically active, uh, active within uh, the church. Um, so she's, really passionate about, you know, inserting herself in society in a meaningful, impactful way. So I find that, uh, you know, their, their sort of, you know, motivations and what they're concerning themselves with that, that really does vary. Um, okay. Which I guess is to be expected, you know, yeah, you know, there's Absolutely. every, you know, some people are, you know, want to go out and change the world and some people just want to kick back and watch some Netflix, you know, so, you know, I'm not yeah. saying one's better than the other, but yeah. It's, a, it's definitely exactly. Well, I'm reminded of my identical twin brother. I have an identical twin. And when we were younger, of course, we were so much more alike than we are now. But as we grew older and had different experiences, our motivations for different things have changed. And we've embraced other things that the other person haven't, hasn't. And we are much more different today than we ever have been in our previous years and that process will continue until mm-hmm. we die of course you know by the time assuming both of us live to be old men you know we'll be much more different than we ever have been each each year that passes we become more and more different because we have different experiences well this is not just true for me and my twin brother this is true for all of us and so the wide spectrum that you'll see Amongst older people, I'm theorizing, Brett, will be wider than for younger people. Oh. For example, the way 30-year-olds vary That's from each other will be, will be a bit more restricted than the way 70-year-olds vary I from can... each other. Only because the time difference has produced a wider difference. That's, That's fascinating. So. I, I, I'd never, I'd never uh, contemplated that before. But that, uh, it stands to reason. That the divergence of uh, personality will uh, only expand as more experiences are, you know, kind of tucked under your belt. That's uh, dropping, Lee, well, no, I'm dropping, dropping a little knowledge on the youngster. Over here. All right, cool. Well, you've I've learned a lot from your oh, podcast, I'm so turn about it's fair play. I'm, uh, <laughs> That's another thing I find unusual. It's another thing I find unusual about you in your age group. 
you, I've listened to your podcast, and although it may not come out to my audience here now, you, I'm going to dare say it, I know this may embarrass you, but you seem extremely open to new ideas, not in a way that I would typically associate, not in a way that I would typically associate with a 32-year-old. Yeah, at this age, people are establishing themselves and trying to understand who they are in a rather fixed (laughs) manner. You seem like you are still very, very open to new things, new ideas, and express that very well. It is just not like a 32-year-old that I know of. I know of, my son is 27. He is is with me today. My daughter is 32. She's the same age as you are. And they still have a sort of teenage zealotness behind them. (laughs) And so, um, in listening to you, I don't really hear all that. You believe what you believe, and people aren't going to sway you, but you are very open to hearing other people and letting them give voice to their thoughts. My, I think that just ties into so, kind of what we were talking about earlier. My, the thing I'm, I'm most passionate about um, in this life is understanding the human, human condition, understanding uh, the human experience. Um, and then the most integral part to pursuing that understanding is openness. Um, you can't, you can't, broaden your your knowledge and, and your perception of humanity while being closed off it just simply it simply doesn't work that way um, so like you said I do have I do have actually you know pretty resolute uh, moral and ethical underpinnings to who I am um, mm-hmm. but I'm ex- extremely open to others ideas and I'm, I'm, I'm constantly trying to challenge them um, and I think that actually makes yeah. my views stronger because if my my thoughts and my, my views and my beliefs are rigorously challenged by others and other ideas and other concepts that strengthens them. And sometimes they do change. I've had people, uh, you know, put, say things that are so compelling and, and, uh, you know, provide perspectives that are, you know, that are completely unbeknownst to me before that it did reshape in some small way. You know, I've never gone 90 degrees, but I've had some, I've had, you know, people tilt, uh, change course, you know, a couple degrees here, there, the other way. It's like, well, that person really said something. I, you know, that I, you know. So I, Absolutely. I, I think, I think that, I think that, and I think is when you are constantly challenging your beliefs and your thoughts and, uh, with others, they become strong enough where you know when someone's trying to be deceive you or trying to manipulate you because your your, yes. your compass has been challenged so many times that it's strong against outside manipulation. And, that make, and, and that's right. Like if you get a bunch of people in a room that are, you know, in a constant state of reevaluation and challenging their own beliefs, and then you try to manipulate those people or try to sway them with some just BS, you know, con artistry, mm-hmm. you're not going to get those people because those people have, that's right. You know, like, yeah, they, they have, you know, battle tested, Belief structures that that that, that yes. reflective battle tested. I like that broad spectrum of of you know refutations and challenges and stuff like that. So I think I think it, I think it serves. Yes, you know, I think it serves to make you stronger too. I I believe um, that different perspectives on what you think 
strengthens what you think if you handle that properly. You know, for me to take a position and never hear an opposing side to that position actually weakens me. You know, um, I need to be able to have that position stand up against, um, you know, I need to be able to defend that position. I need to be able, if it's what I truly believe in, I don't, you know, defend the position that I wouldn't believe in. But if that position is right for me, then it should stand up against other positions that I would love to hear and evaluate for adoption or at least modification, you know, or inclusion in my own set of thoughts. And I, too, have had my own perspectives widened and sometimes changed by, you know, on my podcasts, especially those that are solo episodes, I often invite my listeners to challenge me so that I can complete, I can have a complete view of what Mm -hmm. I am talking about. And that doesn't come, you know, with no one challenging my thought. I would actually put it to you that. There's not enough people doing this, you know, challenging their constructively challenging their own uh, pattern of beliefs in this country, and that's led us to being as politically divisive as divisive as we are. Um, the internet's enabled us to, you know, engage in these echo chambers where people on the left and people on the right are only just having discussions with amongst themselves, and as and the, and and politically we've split in two and. You've got two camps where everyone just sits there and loudly agrees with each other. And that's why, you know, there's such a chasm mm. between the left and the right in this country. And I, I think that, you know, people surrounding themselves with people that are going to agree and validate what they have to say with rather than challenge what they have to say has really has really damaged our yep. damaged our uh, society. I could not agree more. Yeah, the Internet could be a good thing but when we use it to reinforce what we already believe we're not using it properly and then when we treat alternate thinking in a disrespectful manner it's just adding salt to our own wound and so uh, we don't we don't hear anything but our own thoughts and to go throughout the world with nothing but your own thoughts uh, there's a compromise in living when you do that so i need dissenting opinion on my own thinking. I need that oh, for sure. in order to understand Sharp, what I think. Sharpens so. your own thoughts. Good thing we're using the internet for the right things, right? Hey. Or, uh, you and I. <laughs> well, we try to, yeah. <laughs> um, now, you, um, what, uh, how does, do you do remote uh, remote interviews on with your podcast? So far, I've only heard you do well, local stuff. The answer is I would be more than willing and uh, to do that. Um, I have not as of yet. I haven't gotten set up to do that, but I would be more than willing to do that. And um, I, it's just that I haven't had any takers on that, I think. Well, I am thinking that my audience, after hearing you, may want to include themselves, their stories, on Inspect Your Elders, your podcast. I would absolutely love that. And so, you know, like... Um, if any of my audience is listening and would like to do that, I will leave information how you can get in contact with Brett on you know for his podcast, or you can ask me. I will set that up for you. But I too am. I have a program called Extracting the Wisdom of Elders, and I will be going to senior centers locally to chat with elders for the same reason that you have. 
it's I do so far I've had one possibly two episodes like this I'm intending to have three or four more over the next you know short period of time uh, a senior center has contacted awesome. me and what I do Britt is I I give the story back to the guest very often it's the only recording of the story that they have so I allow them to use it for their families as part of their legacy and they are very appreciative of that gift and it's unrestricted use as you know for them and so so i get lots of lots of takers whenever i go into a senior center That's and great. offer this and so um but if my listeners are 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 listening and would like to be recorded on inspect your elders i would encourage all my listeners to check out one or two episodes if for someone who's new to your podcast, what episode might you um, recommend? I, I know which ones I, I would recommend. You know what? Maybe I'll let uh, I'm gonna let you do the recommendation then, because I think it's better to have an outside outside perspective. Because yeah. you're probably right. Um, I think what's the episode with um, Susan? Yep, I Susan. think it was. Uh, she's actually she. I had her on twice. I had her on with a friend, and I had her on solo. Yes. Mary yeah, Kay. Mary yep. Kay. Yeah, so I got it. Done. I think that was the and, most. The one then, that got the most. Where the, where I was kind of pushing the tempo a little bit more than. But I. Yes, you were quite I, aggressive. I, there. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I just think that it, if we want real change in this country, difficult conversations need to be had. You know, respectful conversations, but difficult That's right. ones. Now, yeah. Yes, and I, I am, I am all for dialogue and conversations there's no solution without dialogue and conversations even if it's difficult but it has to be respectful and the more difficult it is the more structured it has to be so that people can sit feel comfortable inside this structure and i tend to have structure to those difficult conversations i've I've never been in a situation where i had to but the only time um I would ever shut down a conversation is if someone was doing something like, you know, denying the Holocaust or advocating for mm. violence or something like that. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, it would only yeah, be under, yeah. you know, where the, where all sense has left, you know, the discussion and it's just because yeah. it's evolved into <laughs> hatred. Only then would I, would I shut oh. someone down, which I have, I hope to never mm. encounter, but there unfortunately is that element in some people, but very few, I think. Yep. That'd be the only time I'd ever, uh, yeah, it's not time I'd ever just yeah, call it. Okay, it's, and it's interesting. I so I think the episode I recommend. Do you know what episode number that is, uh, or how that's titled? So my guess, so my audience yeah, can find it. Um, so, anyways, uh, I'm on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Smart Radio, Podcast Addict, all the all the usual ones. But I am going to find yeah. out which episode. Um. Yeah, the one with Leonard that spoke about race relations. And I think you spoke with, about race relations with Mary Kay as yes, well. Yes, that's, that's, that's the 11, episode 11, IYE 11, Inspector Elders 11. And I t- entitled that okay. discussion, Leaning Into Difficult Conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was a difficult conversation. Yeah. Um, and I like the way it was all pulled together as well at the end, you know, where everyone came together to acknowledge that this conversation, although difficult, although it was kind of threatening at spots, we it turned out to be very well. I think it was, yeah. We all grew a little bit. It was good. 
Yes, yes. And I heard that growth. See, the thing that was fascinating to me in that episode is I actually heard all three mm-hmm. of you grow. Yeah, it was yeah. interesting to hear that. I don't, I don't know if others would listen to it in the same way. Um, and then the one with Leonard where he actually speaks about, um, to some degree, uh, what the South was like mm-hmm. back at the time when he was younger. Uh, I found that interesting, too. Now, you handled these two episodes very nicely. Your thinking came through, the fact that you do are not afraid of challenge as a white male. Um, and I just basically, these two episodes, maybe because of the topic, maybe not, I thought you came off as a podcaster very well in these two episodes. So, so that's mm-hmm. why I would recommend them. Yeah. We spoke last time. We spoke we, of a difference between your message and my message. Your message is aimed at people who are more or less your age to understand the value that is is resides in our elders. My message is for people, you know, fifty five and older, the baby boomers, to help them understand that there's so much more waiting for them after at this age, at this time. But there is an overlap. We are both concerned about the mm-hmm. aging spirit. You want to extract the wisdom that's sitting there. I want to make that aging spirit very powerful, a powerful mm-hmm. force in our environment. So what I'd like you to do just for a couple minutes, I'd like you to explain to my audience or even just to me how you perceive the difference of our message. I believe difference is very important, just as important as similarities. And I like to see as a 32 year old, the difference that you have, you feel in my message. As um, a well, I think as you are starting to become approach, um, some older people as a peer, I mean, like I said, you're a very, uh, vibrant 66 year old, too young to be a legend guy, but you're, 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 you're 30 plus <laughs> years closer to being, so I think um, your message of empowerment and the, from the perspective that you bring it is different. First off, no one wants to listen to me walk into a room full of 60 and 70 year old people and tell them how to handle their aging bodies. Cause they're going to be like, look, look kid, you're, you haven't been here yet. You know, like we don't want to hear from you. <laughs> you don't anything you can say to us. Um, so like, yeah. so I think your message is different in the sense that you are about empowering and, rejuvenating and sort of like breaking the mold of what aging is and has to be. So you're kind of, you know, from, from within the ranks, you're sending a positive message of empowerment. Whereas I'm more asking, I'm at, you know, I'm not so much involved in, in that, you know, in the process of empowerment so much as I'm asking for personal empowerment from them. Um, I'm ah, yes. an empowerment of, of younger generations. I think it's important for when you're younger, your younger years to work hard. You owe that to society. Um, mm. and, but I also think as you get yes. older, you owe it to society to share your wisdom and share your experience and lend your wisdom to the younger generations. And in many cultures, that's just a given. Yes. We've lost that. And it's, 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 yes. to our, it's to our detriment. I want to rekindle that to some extent. And I don't think that the way we're going about it, you know, we're just, we're forgetting about our old people and telling them to shut up. Yes. But we yes. tell them to speak up and we should <laughs> listen when they, when they talk. So 
it's, it's that's right. You know, if you are as in tune with yourself as you seem to be, then your aging process should be a joy to you. So there you have it, folks. Now, I wonder, is it just me, or does this man sound rather unique and unusual for his age? I would love to think that he is more or less representative of other millennials. My hope for our future increases tremendously if this is the case. But even if he is a bit unusual for this group, his influence among his circle is bound to have a positive effect. I would like you, the listener, to help me understand how Brett fits in with the rest of his peers. How closely does his approach to others represent the millennials as a whole? I am sure there are others out there with similar thinking, and I am sure they will influence their circles in a positive direction. But how closely does this approach characterize this entire age group? If, as a baby boomer, you've had enough experience with this age group to develop an opinion, I would love to have your thoughts and opinions to help refine my own. Please share your thinking on the show notes page for this episode. Also on the show notes page, you will find more information about Brett, his podcast, and how to contact him. So visit the show notes page at innergameofaging.com forward slash IGA21. And leave your comments there. I read all of them and try to respond to as many as I can. And while you're on the website, please consider joining our Insiders Club. Subscribe for website updates and help to spread the message of Grow Older Without Growing Old. These subscribers, I call them the Insiders Club, will gradually help to shape how the inner game of aging branches out to help others realize the tremendous potential of these older years. You can also contact me via email, lee at innergameofaging.com or on Twitter, at Lee Moat. I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. And so, until next time... Thanks for listening to the Inner Game of Aging podcast with Lee Mo Watt. Check out more content by going to theinnergameofaging.com. That's theinnergameofaging, no spaces, dot com. Stay with us as we learn the many ways of being older without growing old.